Hi, welcome to Unique Stories, a podcast where we talk to people about the stories that make up their lives, where they've been, what they've done, where they are heading, and more. I'm your host, David Shu. Thanks for listening. Right. Welcome back to Unique Stories. We're back with Mr. Luki Daniel Cargento in our ongoing series on soft human skills and how to get better at them. And this week we have a skill that we want to talk about that is of great importance to me. Thanks for having me, Dave, as always. No problem. It's good to see you again. So today we're going to talk about the skill of memory, right? Okay and how, why memory is important. Now, all of us know that it's important to have a good memory, right? Mm -hmm. We start going to school, all, most of us, you know, from an early age, you're basically asked to remember things that you've learned, mm -hmm. right? But I do feel like as we get older, we don't actively think about how we remember things. And we don't really think, it's sort of like reading. Like at some point you realize you can read, sure. but no one really tries to get better at it. You know, like you right. get to college, you're kind of like, okay, I can read at this speed, at this pace. I don't really want to work on it to get better at it. Sure. Same with memory. Like you get to you get to high school or whatever. You, you most of us just kind of feel like our memory is what it is. We were born with it. We've unlocked how to use it, and that's the way it's going to be for the rest of our lives. But mm -hmm. in reading what you've written and in our conversations, there is a different approach to memory. So sure. maybe you can tell us about this a little bit. Yeah, so, well, would you say you have a good memory? Overall, I would say my memory is okay. I mean, I'm a physician, so I do have to remember a lot of stuff. Sure. Yeah. And and a lot of people, usually if I do this in a room, there'll be uh, a bunch of hands that say they have a good memory, a bunch of hands that say that they have a bad memory, right? Mm. And I usually tell people, well, it's not a matter of good or bad. It's a matter of trained or untrained. Okay. Right. And that's the, the, the main distinction where a, a lot of other folks, like there's no handbook for uh, the, the human brain mm -hmm. right? or all this great stuff that, that we uh, sh should know how to do, like reading, writing and all that sort of stuff. We're just expected to do it. Right. Right. So, so for, if I were to ask you to remember an abstract list of like 20 things, like science says you'll remember a list of seven plus or minus two. So about five to nine things is, is usually what people will remember. Okay. Right? So, so that's one way because like people don't really understand like abstract lists and stuff like that. But if I were to say, close your eyes and walk in your mind from your front door to your bedroom and name me 20 things along the way, you could probably name me 50 mm. because on the side of that, there, there's this drawer thing and in the drawer, there's all the scissors and the staplers or whatever. And in the closet, there's this and this and, and whatever, right? So... Uh, if you take that premise where humans were actually uh, biologically biologically evolved to, to remember things a little bit more geographically and you use that concept to learn and memorize and remember, well, then your memory uh, is now starting to get trained. Right. Mm. And with anything, training uh, gets improved with with um, with practice. Right. So just the fact that, that you learn how to do it once doesn't mean you're trained. You have to go to the gym over and over again and eventually it, it'll be helpful. And like train uh, learning and, and memory and all that sort of stuff. It, it's it's like the, the seed of uh, pretty much all of human cognitive functions. Right. So like creativity 
has a, a, a rooting in, in memory in the sense that most people think that you have like this muse that gives you like this epiphany or whatever. But oftentimes you would have had to encounter something or match people, match things up or whatever in order for that spark to happen, right? Mm. So, so that memory had to have uh, triggered and you probably combine two or three or 20 things together. And then that produces this new uh, concept. But if there's nothing to begin with, uh, th- then you probably couldn't mash those five things together, right? Or whatever it is. Now, how do I know if my memory is good enough? Like some of the people in the room are like, my memory's fine. They can move on to the next next task. Or are you saying that all of us can get better? I'm, I think all of us can get better, right? So there are like world memory championships that are out there. And uh, a, a lot of them can do it for a particular tournament or, or a particular uh, event, but their memories day to day are not that much better than others because they're not purposeful uh, in it, right? Mm. So for, for each person, uh, memory is going to be, well, h- how how uh, high their memory has to be is uh, is relative, right? So as a physician, as a doctor, I hope my physician or doctor has a better memory than, uh, I, I don't know, my um, my mechanic, Right. Uh, well, but well, maybe uh, not. Maybe not the mechanic. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe mechanic. He probably needs to know a lot of things too. Uh, but but there, I, I would say with a lot of especially with the knowledge working, um, you, memory helps. Uh, if if you had your your doctor have to go to a textbook and look it up every single time, that'd be pretty annoying. If you ha- if you went to a mechanic and they had to look it up every single time, versus you probably had an exceptional customer service where you went to someone. Oh, and they said you needed something and they said oh that's part number blah 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 blah. they taped it right in the computer because they remember it off their heads and then they pulled it out for you because they know it's the third aisle from whatever and it's done right versus the person's like uh hold on let me go look it up let me find it and like but we do live in this day and age where we all have this cell phone on us at all times Mm -hmm. right we have Mm -hmm. like wikipedia and google we can look up the answer to almost anything we need at any moment right so a lot of people actually say that's my brain i'm carrying my brain around in my pocket i don't need to remember that much and it's exhausting to remember a ton and a lot Mm -hmm. of people so like what do you say to that i say uh then you can be a commodity like everybody else because (laughs) other people can look it up too right right so we're putting we're putting the power of memory in everyone's pocket right so Mm -hmm. why do i need to spend you know whatever you're going to propose like you know hours a day training this thing rigorously Will it make that much of a difference in my life? So I would say that if you want to be a, a middle or top performer, then yes. If you mm. want to be a bottom or lower performer, no. You don't need to, mm. right? You can just look it up. But the top uh, in any field, right, they are the ones that probably know a little bit more, uh, know a lot more, probably remember a lot more, can make a lot more connections, probably in areas that they don't even, uh, that aren't even related. And uh, are, can come up with uh, different solutions, different problems, different ways of thinking. And oftentimes that doesn't come by just making it up on the spot. They probably had some sort of uh, book they read or experience that they had or memory that they recalled uh, that they were able to uh, put forth mm. as a potential solution to this problem. Now, if I say, hey, hey, Siri, give me a solution to this problem. Well, anybody can do that. Right. Uh, but it's you coming up with that, that the machine learning algorithm or the app that wasn't coded to do. Those are the people that are going to get uh, paid a lot. They're going to get the promotions. They're going to be the ones that that do well in the world. Hmm. Now, I've actually heard about this topic a few years ago. 
I happened to listen to a podcast and it and then the dude that was being talked about on the podcast, I think his name was Joshua Four, mm-hmm. and he wrote a book called Moonwalking with Einstein. You did. And basically this was just like a regular dude who for for the I think he was a journalist and for the sake of his article he happens to go to one of these memory championships and he writes about it and he he observes how crazy all these people are in terms of memorizing like you know they get decks of cards and then they have to they look at it for 5 or 10 minutes and then they recount the entire sequence of cards in order right yep and the with the level of accuracy you get the faster you can do it, you become world champion. So he wrote an article about it, and they told him, mm-hmm. you know what, you can learn this. Mm-hmm. And I think within one or two years, he became the world champion at this thing. Well, right? I'm not sure about world champion. I think he became like the American champion. Yeah, yeah the national right? champion yeah. or something, yeah. right? So exactly. I, I heard that podcast, and I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, I, I got to do this. Like, I, I want to become the national champion at something, right? But then when I actually sat down to do it, and I, I actually talked to a bunch of people about it because I was, I was excited about the topic, all these people are like, yeah, I, I heard of that before. Whatever. It's a neat parlor trick, but what's the point? Right? I did get that response. And even for myself, like the motivation to actually continue with like, you know, figuring it out. Like basically I got to the extent of buying his book, reading part of it, realizing it was just a memoir about how his memory got better, but not an actual like textbook on how to actually do it. And I kind of lost interest. Yeah, because the there's a lot of different schools of thought in terms of uh, how to do it. And, and uh, because, again, there's no manual on the brain, people are still figuring it out. But there mm-hmm. are a couple of tried and true kind of methods uh, that, that people use in order to, uh, to to do these techniques. And each each year, uh, the, the next new memory champion invents a different way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then it's kind of an arms race for the next people to uh, go through and, and, and learn so that they can get better because they don't want to share their secret way of doing it um, mm-hmm. b- because they they stay champion so but there, there are uh, ways of doing it and and i mean we, we can go through a couple of them uh, and, and see if we can improve your memory um <laughs> and, and then essentially the the goal of it is to see how that can Im- improve your uh, kind, kind of day-to-day life so imagine like if every day you probably have to write something down right in a notebook or whatever right yes and yes. I, I would imagine right like that's probably a pretty easy example to get through but imagine uh, that uh two minutes that you um took to look it up you could remember it mm. so how much would you give for two extra minutes a day well it's not probably uh, probably not that much i mean it's not the time it's actually the frustration of being bombarded with things to do when i'm like just randomly at work or something like I'll be at the office and someone will say, you know what? Tonight, the power is going to go out. You got to remember to turn off the computers before you leave. And I'll be like, okay, Mm -hmm. but I'll be in the middle of something. Right. Mm -hmm. And if I happen to have a piece of paper there, I'll scribble it down. Mm -hmm. But if I don't, I might forget this completely because I'm in the middle of doing something else. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you'll, you know, it's 1030 at night and it's like, Oh wait, tonight's the night I was supposed to turn to computers. I got to drive back to the office and do it. Like, these kind of things come up a lot in a busy sure. life, right? Yeah. And it's not even just the fact of me forgetting and having to take the time to now drive out of my way and redo stuff. It's more just the constant bombardment of stuff is a great source of stress because I'm constantly like, can I, am I going to remember this? It's too much. And I feel like my memory bank is near its limit and I, and, and like I need to de-stress. Like this whole mm-hmm. 
you know, being given multiple tasks is just a stressful thing. So mm-hmm. if you can tell me that I will remember these things much more easily without making error, that would be fantastic. Well, it, it's always up to you, right? Because uh, <laughs> I, I can I can teach you all this stuff, but if you're not applying it, like I can uh, teach you how to do a perfect push-up, but until you do that push-up, you're not going to have like great pecs and, and, and a six-pack, right? Okay, so well, before you that, teach but... me how to do it, because that is where this episode is going. Okay. Did you actually work on it yourself, like for your own memory? or did? Because I, I knew you as a kid. You have a good memory, mm-hmm. right? So did you feel the need to work on it more yourself? And be honest. I, I do. Yeah, I, I actually w- went through where I feel well. So if I were to take my memory uh, back then, um, I would have probably said that that I was in like an eight out of 10. Right. That, that, remember, he was like the main guy answering questions on our who, what, when, where, why, how W5H team when we were in like grade seven and eight. <laughs> Right. Well, I, I don't know if I was the main guy, but I was I was there. I showed yeah, up. I know there prob- are other people. You probably were an eight out of ten because we did not win the championship that year. We got <laughs> fair, second. Fair enough. <laughs> right. So so what I was gonna say is I, I probably recalibrated that after uh, kind of all the research I said. I was, I'm actually probably uh, closer to five. Okay. Right? Kind of middle of the pack where I have a pretty good memory, right? But mm. that's it's probably average. Right, mm. compared to some of the other ones, uh, but there are a lot of people with horrible memories or not very good memories, and in in my vernacular, untrained memories. Right, mm. uh, for the most part, I'm kind of middle of the pack. I might give myself a six if I'm generous, because I'm a little bit better than normal. Okay, uh, but I feel now I'm probably in the seven and eight. So uh, you've range. you've increased two to three, twenty to thirty percent by doing some magic trick here. <laughs> magic trick and i haven't like committed myself i didn't uh, do the joshua four where he actually had a, tr- a training regimen right i i dabble and and, and i learn a few things uh, mm-hmm. usually in in my class uh, so i teach a class at, at a college and i'll have a class of 30 40 people mm-hmm. right and i'll go around the room and they'll all do introductions and then i'll i'll tell them so whoever can uh, remember everybody's name i will uh, give them like an a um right now and everyone's like, ah, oh, whatever. And then I will go through every single person, like 38 people later, and name every single one. Mm-hmm. Right? On the spot. And on the spot, right after. And, and <laughs> it's a par- it, it is a parlor trick in that case, but there's a lot of science behind that and how it's helped me uh, on uh, ongoing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, uh, when I first started, I um, remembered all my uh, different credit card numbers and stuff like that. But uh, and, and it was helpful because I never had to pull out anything when I was filling out forms. It's just da, 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 that right? is that is helpful. Do you realize that I'm tethered to my laptop? Like I go to any <laughs> other computer terminal in the world and you can't and use it. I can't use it. I'm afraid to enter my credit card information. <laughs> it's only stored in this one machine. Right. And yeah, it's a disaster. <laughs> yeah. So imagine you being able to do that. So so I, I did that. Now, it, it, what hasn't happened is uh, I decided to cancel that credit card and get a new one with a different number. And I haven't bothered to remember that. So, I mean, it's not a perfect system, <laughs> but but I, I, I did remember that. So there are a, a lot of areas of value. And I think I, I'm I'm better than than most, um, but I'm not world class. I'm not a nine. I'm not a ten out of ten. Um, I, but I'm uh, definitely better than most. Okay. One before I try any crazy drill, like <laughs> I need to understand. So is our concept of the brain is our concept of the brain basically saying that your brain has unlimited capacity? Because if I'm going to go around remembering every credit card I get and and all these parlor tricks, right? Am I pushing out? other important information? Like, am I going to forget something from the past because I'm near my limit? No, there's actually one theory. And if, if you ever uh, grew up and they had those, what is that, the heritage moments, 
and there's a uh, uh, Walter Penfield, and uh, she, he was operating on someone in the brain. He's like, I smell burnt toast. Do, do you ever remember those on, on TV way back when? I mean, I remember the heritage moments, but not that one. I remember like Maurice Richard, and there, there's well, a bunch okay. of the invention of basketball. I remember that right, one. Right, right, right. Uh, so so this is the one I remember. Uh, good thing we're doing a thing on memory. But anyway, so so uh, apparently Walter Penfield did, did a whole bunch of studies where he was trying to find uh, the, the cause of epilepsy, right? Right. So he would stimulate different uh, nerve cells in the brain and basically people's memories from like when they were one year old that like the, the the color of their birthday cake and and balloons and stuff they, they could remember um, but they, they take the the electrode off and they they can't remember it anymore hmm. so so the theory is that we actually retain and remember pretty much everything we've we've had the problem is is access we hmm. can't get to it because uh, we, we don't know where it is so so the analogy that I usually use is uh, th- there was a TV show way back when, and that that's often kind of memed uh, with uh, "I Love Lucy," like Lucille Ball. She's in a chocolate mm-hmm. factory, and there's all these chocolates that are coming back, right? Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, she's taking the chocolate and putting it nicely in a box, right? Mm-hmm. And and they're sorting it and organizing it. But then it goes faster and faster, and eventually the chocolates go everywhere. They they start storing it in their pockets, and and you have no idea what's happening. So if you take that as an analogy of life, like everything that happens to you is this little nugget of chocolate that happens. Mm-hmm. But eventually, unless you're putting it properly in a box where you can find it, then like where the heck was that memory? Where the heck is that fact? Where the heck is that experience? And that's oftentimes what's happening to us where we have all the stuff there, but we can't find it because we don't know how to get it, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, if, if you imagine uh, like a whole uh, a room filled with all of your memories as like uh, a five by seven picture, mm-hmm. right? And some of them are neatly organized in a photo album and, and the rest of them are thrown on the floor. Like, how are you going to find the uh, time when in grade four or in, in when you're 20 years old, when you're doing blah, 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 right? If it was nicely organized in a, in, in a photo album, very easy, right? Mm. But otherwise, really hard. So, so that's why when people study uh, in school, they f- try very hard, usually through rote repetition, to put it in a, a photo album or the equivalent of a photo album where they can find and, and know a certain thing where they can access it. Mm. Uh, and, and by doing that, uh, then you remember, right? So there's there's different aspects of, of, of memory. One is the, the recording, which based on uh, Ms., uh, Dr. Penfield assuming assumes that it's all in there. It's just we can't get it out, right? So okay. now we have to just reconnect everything and g- be able to get it out easily and effortlessly. So, so let's say I'm trying to get better at memory i'm not going to be able to get better at re- at pulling out this old data anymore that stuff's lost well p- potentially you could realign it because oftentimes there's some trigger and you probably had it oh yeah i remember that or sometimes you like our senses and the triggers where you might smell something and that brings you back to something like you totally forgot about it but something jogs your memory as a result of it so oftentimes our senses can be something to, to get it and you mm-hmm. can like reconnect those but the, the challenge is to reconnect it and anchor it to something that you can access later on okay so i'm i'm in i'm down for this anything that can make me look smarter to other people <laughs> i'm down with it sounds good so so the the fundamentals and, and basics of memory is you can use an acronym right so is is mom Mm. Right. Uh, the first M stands for motivation. Mm. Right. You actually have to want to do this. Right. Because if you're not motivated, if, if it's just a cheap parlor trick or whatever, it, it, there, there's you're not probably going to really do it. So. <laughs> right. So if, if the easiest sort of motivation that I have, I usually talk to people about uh, I, I do sessions on like networking. Right. So it'll be remembering people's names, that sort of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'll say like, well, if you remember the next person that you meet's name, like next time that you meet him. And, and if I 
promise that I'll give you $10,000 for remembering that person's name, would you do it? And this person's like, yeah, of course. If, if you're going to give me $10,000, mm-hmm. I'll definitely remember. But you don't know when you're going to meet this person again. Right. Right. So the motivation is up there, right? Because some people are monetarily motivated. Some people, they have different motivations. So we need to get that up. That's probably actually a different episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Motivation is one of those things where some people are intrinsically or extrinsically motivated and stuff like that. But let's assume that you're motivated to do this. Right? Sure. So you need the motivation. The second is, O uh, is observation. You need to have actually heard it or done it or, or, or noticed it in the first place, right? Because in, in the context of meeting someone, sometimes people don't actually hear the name. So, hi, how are you doing? I'm Luki. Hi, I'm... Hmm. How, how can you remember that if you didn't actually hear it? Because it was a loud party, someone was jingling something at the si- time or mm. whatever, and you didn't actually hear it. Or they're an ethnic name and you couldn't understand what it was. So you actually have to hear the name Luki, right? And so you have to actually have had it, uh, had observed whatever it is. And the last is the mechanics. And the mechanics are the things that I can go to, like basically creating those anchors mm-hmm. so that you can recall it later on. So you need the first two. I'm going to assume that that... Uh, you're motivated to do it. The observations, we're going to give you ample time so that you can observe and know, mm-hmm. right? And then the mechanics are, are what we're we're going to focus on. Got it. Okay, well, right. for the purpose of this show, we are going to get, make my memory better and we're going to prove it to people. <laughs> so I'm motivated and I got time. I got a little bit of time. I mean, in, in reality, most of us do not have unlimited time for this, right? So you have to give me something that oh, maybe over the next month that I can work on without a copious amount of like time involvement. Sure. Well, actually, I'll give you one of these techniques and then you can try to say, okay, where would be the best place for you to apply it? Right. Mm. So it could be like those notes. It could be remembering the the, the lights or whatever it is. And, and we can try to find ones and then we'll report to you, we'll report back to you. Right. Okay. So so one, one of the things that I will often do for folks, I'll, I'll run a workshop on learning and memory is, is to teach people Shakespeare. Right. So so the, the first 14 works of Shakespeare, he, I think he did like th- 35, 37, depending on how, how you count them. Mm. Um, but we'll go through 14 just because like we don't ha- even though we have time, we don't have unlimited time. You mean to remember the names in order, the so. names of the of, of all his plays in, in order. Right. Okay. Um, so the, the, the whole premise behind uh, memory is, is no shock. It, it's got to be memorable. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you don't remember mundane things. So what you're trying to do in your mind's eye, is you're trying to activate your 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 imagination. Mm. Right. So uh, what are the things that you tend to mem- remember? Mm. What are the things I tend to remember? Yeah. Like what? Have well, I- well, well, for, for people, when when things are, are usually well out of place. Right. So th- th- it's different than normal. Mm. Usually things that are really large are really numerous, right? Okay. There's a lot of them. Those are the times like, yeah, this, the, the, that burger you had was really huge, right? <laughs> it, it engages your, your, your senses. Like it was tasty. Like okay. it smelled amazing, memorable. right? It looked good, right? Well, it's memorable because usually it did something to, to capture attention based on your senses. So sure. if you engage more of your senses, so don't just like see the picture, hear the picture, feel the picture, like even taste it. What, whatever's happening. If you can, if you can uh, really excite all your senses, then it makes it more memorable. Uh, a lot of people, sex and violence, mm. right? So uh, you, you put it in there. Uh, there's actually an interesting memory technique where if you want to remember languages, where, uh, and I'm not sure if I can say this on your, your, your podcast, but like the, the uh, French has like a masculine and feminine. Mm. 
And all you need to do to remember if something is masculine or feminine is put the appropriate body part on the picture <laughs> as you're remembering it, uh, and and you remember it much more. Um, and and by doing that, it it allows you to understand like masculine and feminine, right? So it's, it's actually a very interesting technique. But the, the whole point is by putting that in place, hmm. then you remember it more. So sex, violence, uh, anything involving your senses, anything involving emotion, right? Because hmm. you probably remember things when you were super sad, super happy, super angry. Right, the times that you felt okay, you don't really remember. But those times when you were like elated, at, like the, the, when you first got a job, where you heard great news, uh, or when you were super sad. Right? Okay, so you're gonna give. So we're gonna take the name of the book, or the name of the play, and I'm going to apply some sort of feeling or imaginary of, thing. As to much it. of these things as we can, right? Huh. And and everybody's gonna be a little bit different. And then basically we're gonna connect it together in a story. Okay. Right. And and the the main pre- premise behind this is is a method they call the the, the loci method, the loci. Right. So this is uh, based in, on on the Greeks. Right. Uh, apparently, um, they they were remembering things way before the written language is even done. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's the the Iliad, the Odyssey, that all those epics, it wasn't written down. It was transferred through through rote through pure memory. Mm-hmm. Right. And and a lot of these techniques came came from them. Right. Um, so the whole premise behind that is, is like I mentioned at the beginning, where pe- uh, humans evolved to be more location-focused, right? So, so what we start with is remembering you in, in your bedroom and waking up. Okay. Right? So you start in your bedroom, and you wake up, and you see two gentlemen, right? So they're in full suits, and they have kind of bowler hats with Vs on it. And they're saying V Ver- Verona, and and there's a song like my, my Ver- Sharona, yeah, right? Okay. But you can so you can hear that, but instead of saying Sharona, they're saying Verona, right? Okay. And you can also hear the V V. You if if whatever comes to mind for gentlemen, usually with people with gentlemen, some people say that they have very strong cologne, right? A very kind of masculinely like often gentlemanly type cologne, whatever that would be. Mm-hmm. You can almost feel the 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 texture of their suit, very. Um, very dapper kind of, kind of suit, very very elegant, that sort of thing. Anything that makes you think uh, gentleman, right? And, and and the only reason why this wouldn't work is because you didn't imagine it vividly enough, right? What am, I really what, to, what am I trying to get out of that image? You're trying to make it memorable. Okay. And essentially what you're trying to do. So you wake up and like, would it be memorable if you woke up tomorrow and two gentlemen <laughs> were at the foot of your bed saying, my Sharona Verona, Right. And that would be you probably wouldn't forget that day. OK. Right. So that's that's the first one. The, the first uh, of Shakespeare's works is uh, the two gentlemen of Verona. Oh, I see. OK. <laughs> there you go. Right. So okay. the next step is you open your door. Right. And this giant mouse comes in with kind of like a tutu and there's like a lion tamer behind it. And there's taming and, 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 and uh, hitting it with a whip. Um, but it's a huge, massive, big, fat really huge mouse mm. and another name for a mouse is a shrew right <laughs> and if you know shakespeare it's the taming of the shrew okay. right so again as as crazy as you can make it as as violent uh, as 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 sexy as emotional as mm. engaging of the senses that you can then you will remember it right okay and if you go out into your hallway right there is this now this six foot chicken but it's a female chicken because a female chicken is called a hen, right? Uh, and and it's the the six foot is important because it's Henry the sixth, is is his next play, right? And he the chicken does something really strange where they lay two eggs, 
then three eggs, and then one, right? <laughs> and, and, and the more that you remember it, so these aren't just eggs. These are like ostrich-sized eggs. Right. Right. So or, or uh, like like you can smell if you if you like or you don't like eggs, you smell eggs. Right. Okay. Again, you're engaging all your senses. Uh, I'm, I'm on the second floor, so I assume you're, you're here as well. You're going down the stairs and on, on the stairs. Right. There is a, a guy on a tightrope. Wait, wait, what is the Henry? So that's Henry the second. Hen- Henry, Henry the, the six. Oh, sorry. You're right. Henry the six. Uh, part three. Uh, sorry. Part two. Part three. Part one. So those so the, are the, those are separate plays. Yeah, there's three separate plays, right? So he he laid two eggs, laid three eggs, laid one egg, I which see. is weird because you'd think he'd write one, two, and three, but he didn't. He wrote <laughs> two, two, three, and one, or maybe he released it. I don't know. Was um, I don't, I don't was know there a thing for the six? I'm I'm I'm. Yeah, the six foot chicken. Oh, it was a six foot chicken. The okay. six foot chicken, six foot hen. Got it. Got right, it. six foot. The fact that so you, you got to look six if if you want to remain remember other things. Some people have put like you know the, how they have like the um the glasses for like uh the, the year for, for like New Year's or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, nineteen eighty. So you can put a sixty six on as glasses that this chicken is wearing, right? Got it. Uh, or anything to signify six. Right, right. So uh, we're making we're basically making like a visual image that's really wacky and memorable of what this list that we're trying to remember the whole point and and the thing is to remember the list you just wake up and go down the stairs and out your house got it is essentially what you're doing so so now you're on on your stairs right yeah. uh, and there's a guy on a tightrope right um and he and if you know Harry Potter there's a guy named Ron Weasley mm-hmm. the redhead uh, so, so it's Ron right yeah. so the next play is called Titus Andronicus Right, and the fact that it's not exactly, but it's a tightrope, which mm. will remember what your brain will fill in as Titus, and and Ron and Ron Weasley, <laughs> Icus, right? And you can figure out what an Icus is, whatever. But again, the more that you do it, you, your brain will automatically figure out. It's like what the hell is a Titus Andronicus? Okay, right? And you put that in there. Down at the bottom of of your stairs, there is uh, Richard Nixon. But not just Richard Nixon, Richard Nixon with three heads, right? Okay. And he's there going there, I am not a crook, right? Like that's kind of one of those things that he says. Um, and and he, he's like slobbering all over, over you as you do that, right? And again, you want to engage your senses mm-hmm. as much as you can, right? And the more vividly you remember it, the, 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 the more that, that uh, it, it's memorable, right? Um, in your, well, I have a living room. I don't know what you have on the, the, the side of there, but we're preparing to go out of your house. Um, or my house, and and on there you see a whole bunch of people laughing, a whole bunch of people um, throwing plates and having fun. They're making mistakes. They're screwing things up, but they're l- laughing. So his next play was the comedy of errors, mm. right? So the laughing signi- signifies comedy, and sometimes you have like you know those theater things with the two faces, yes, that are there. Um, and then again, they're they're breaking stuff. They're making mistakes. So that's the errors part of it. Okay, right. So you're opening the door to your house, and strangely enough, there's this woman that that's in front of there, and she's extremely pregnant, and she's saying, "I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you," right? Um, so very strange woman. She's she's pregnant. Uh, she's lying. She's lying there, and the craziest thing that happens is her baby kind of shoots out and gets lost under a bush. Okay. And Sh- Shakespeare's play is "Love's Labor's Lost." Okay. So so that she's saying, "I love you." She's in full labor, full-term label, and, and, and her baby gets lost. Okay. Okay? 
end of the driveway is now uh, Richard Gear, Richard Branson, another Richard. So let's say Richard Branson, mm. right? But this time he has two heads. So the previous one had three. This one has two. Uh, and, and he's down at the end of your uh, driveway. And, and just because, we're, we're going to ha- have his head get sliced off. The two heads get sliced off. Because we want to add some, some violence, because that's another memorable thing <laughs> okay. there, right? So his head gets sliced off. As, as we walk down to the edge of your street... What book um, is that? The beheading. Oh, of... sorry. That that's Richard Richard the second. Yeah. So so the beheading is it has oh, nothing okay. to do with it. It's just we want to add it to make it memorable. Okay. So Richard the second. Um, then the next one, as you go down the street, is uh, there are two lovers that embrace, and they die. Right, and we everyone knows what this one is. Yeah. Okay. It's Rome, Romeo and Juliet. Right? Got it. So so, but that's at the end of the street. Like two random people come, they hug together, and then they die in front of your. That would be memorable <laughs> to mm. anybody at, at at the end of the street. Um, as you are approaching there, as, as looking at these uh, like uh, dead lovers, uh, you hear a lot of clanking and rattling. So it's almost like something in knight's armor comes. Right, so you see this big giant metal knight come come along, clanking around, and then they just f- fall down and start snoring like crazy, hmm. right? And you almost see like a little bubble around him as if he's dreaming. So that is a Midsummer Night's dream. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Um, and then the next one that comes in is uh, John Tromvolta. He's he's down at the edge of of, of your your street. And he's uh, doing his disco like, ah, 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 staying alive, staying alive, right? So John Travolta, he is uh, um, staying alive, but he's getting older and older as he goes through. So by the time he gets to you, he's like a really old man, and he collapses and dies. Um, So his story here is the life and death of King John. Got it. Right? And, And the last one, we'll just stop at 14, is that the, your road in front of, of the street floods. Mm. And, and there is a gondola that comes up. And uh, the, the uh, person is trying to sell you something, the gondolier. And he's singing like in something in Italian, oh, solo mio, or whatever. And he's trying to sell you something because he is the merchant of Venice. Okay. So if, if we did that, and if I were to give you a list of 14 of, of Shakespeare's works, how many do you think you'd probably remember? Probably five to nine is usually the, the standard number, right? We'll okay. see if we can get all 14. Right. Okay, so if you wake up... Two gentlemen you, from Verona. Right. Next one. The six-foot chicken. So but the, Before that, you opened the door and there was a... Oh, the taming of the shrew. Correct, yeah. Then the six-foot six chicken. So it's Henry II, Henry the first, Henry the third. Second, second, third, first. Yeah, uh, okay. Two, second, two, three, one. Okay. Two, three, one. Second, third, first. Yeah. Now you're on the stairs with... Uh, What's the, happening on the stairs? The tightrope and Ron Weasley. So it's yeah. the tight, Titus, Titus and Ron Andronicus. 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 Okay. Yep. Now you're at the bottom of the stairs, and Richard Nixon is there. But With, what's weird about Richard Nixon? He is. He has three heads. Three heads. So Richard, so Richard the, the third. Right. Then yep. you then you go into that room on the side where everyone's laughing. Yep. And it's and the. Oh shoot! What does the laughing mean? When when you watch a show and you're just laughing, it's usually a type, comedy. What type of show? Comedy of, and people are making mistakes. They're breaking plates. They're like, shoot! I forgot. What is this one? Comedy of errors. Oh, comedy of errors. Okay. Yeah. And then you go to the door. It's the love's labor lost outside. Okay. 
well, you, um, I think you vivid, uh, vividly imagined that because yes. you got it right away. <laughs> yes. And then down at the end of the street? Down at the end of the street, there's another Richard, Richard Pryor. Okay, uh, you did Richard Pryor? Okay. Uh, this what one was is, weird about him? He had, he's beheaded. Yeah, no, but how many heads was just he rem- There's two heads. Yeah. There's two heads. Okay. Yeah, so Richard II. Richard II. At now the end we, of your street? Romeo and Juliet. Okay. And then the, uh, what after? The Roman night, Juliet? Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. After the the night? Uh, is it John Travolta now? Yeah. So that is John, something about him getting really old and aging. Yeah. The Life and Death of, oh, what is it called? Life and Death of King John. Of yeah, King John. You got it. Okay. Yeah. And then we're and into then, Venice, the Merchant of Venice. There you go. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's 14. That's actually pretty neat. <laughs> I've never done that before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it probably took us a lot longer mm-hmm. to, to kind of uh, remember that. But at the end of the day, I mean, like, you can picture yourself doing that for, like, imagine you had that for your medical textbooks. Mm. And you can just walk up and down your your, your street. Your, your And the mm. thing is, you can do it with any location. So your parents' house, your best friend's house. Uh, actually, one of the interesting t- tricks that people use is... Um, for for learning different languages is using like sitcoms, mm. right? So so for me, I was trying to do a little bit, and um, uh, Friends was uh was Mandarin. Oh, sorry, no Cantonese, uh, and and uh, Big Bang Theory was Korean, right? Okay. So I would basically go around the, the set, and whatever I want to remember, I would do it on the set, and I would know that is Korean for whatever, and then I put a crazy. Uh, object which is kind of like the phonetic pronunciation of whatever it was on the set of whatever it is and that would be the Korean version that would be the Cantonese version right? Interesting. So I yeah. haven't done done enough of that to, to remember it but uh, that was kind of my initial tactic so you're work. actually visualizing the letters sitting on the set usually the phonetic representation interesting okay right. so quick question so if let's say I'm doing this and I want to you know I'm making a grocery list and I got my 14 items but now mm-hmm. there's a there's a new item that needs to be inserted in the middle of the list. So then what do I do? I go back into my visual picture. I'm walking down the stairs and I slide something else into that step. Yeah, so so there are nuances of that one where you're just going to append to the list. So do you have to have it right in the middle of the list or can you just put it at the end? It depends. I mean, if you're trying to remember a series of stuff, it might have to go in order. I'm yeah. just wondering... So in that, what you could potentially do is either hang it off of that particular area. So let's say it's you're just down the stairs. So you mm-hmm. might have the top level stairs and a bottom level stairs. Okay. Right? And you can put one and, and down there. So this is where you get to your creativity, where actually uh, each room, you don't have to be in each room. Your bedroom can be representative of five different things, right? Because you can put something on your bed, something on your dresser, something on, on your nightstand, something in the closet, right? So, so there could be more than one thing in your, your bedroom. Right. And then from there, you can almost like kind of infinitely do that, because if you open up the dresser, you can have something in there right. and then you might have a little box in there and you open up the box. There, there's something in there. Okay. And there's all sorts of different techniques that uh, you, we could get into in, in terms of remembering that. But the whole point is you have to do it. Right. OK, so, so, let's, so similar... let's let's keep it basic then. Yeah. Like so this is the drill. The drill is attaching things of importance to these visual, memorable imagery. Yeah. in order for you to access it. Now, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, Am I supposed to every night pick another author and memorize his 14 books? Or what's the, what am I, what is my, what am I going to do in the next couple of weeks to get better? So th- this was the, the, the ask to you, like what is something that you want to remember better? 
So you want me to produce a list of something that I... Well, it doesn't have to be a list. It could be just a... a, a Something that you want to do, because remember, it, it, at the basics, it's it's the mom first. Like motivation, observation. Okay. Mechanics, first thing right? easy would be to shed having to use like Todoist app or Notion or my. As much as I love my bullet journal, if I didn't have to do with it, that would be the best. Sure. So every day, what you could do is uh, the first thing on your uh, list. You you wake up and see it at the foot of your bed. Mm. And okay. then the next thing you have to do on your list, you, you as you open the door, you see that. Okay. Next thing, when you're in your hallway, you see that. When right. you're going and down so the stairs, you see that. So I have a running list for that day. Exactly. And basically, what what happens is is uh, as you do that, uh, your your memory knows, um, and we don't exactly know how. It it uh, takes away what's irrelevant and and what's um, memorable, right? So it it's unlikely that you'll confuse a list. But what you could do is uh, the list that you want to do for for work. Maybe you use your office. Like you don't mm-hmm. have to use your bedroom. You can just say, I'm starting in my office and I'm opening the door. I'm going to the hallway and whatever. How, that's that's my office list. How does it work if I'm given something that I have to do like on a specific day in the future? Because that's a lot of what like agenda books do is they track when our next recording is going to be <laughs> and stuff like that. Well, so, so for that uh, would be a different technique where you'd want to turn the number and letter into something and you'd basically uh, do that and create a whole, uh, what they call these memory palaces mm. uh, for that particular date. So let's say it's it's 5.13, right? Uh, there's actually something called the major system where you can turn numbers into words, and mm. then you can remember them a little bit later. So 5 is represented by, by, by something, and so that's a, a different thing. Okay, um, so let's keep it basic. I'm just going to start with remembering my list for tomorrow. Just remember. So as you build that list, like you build mm. it, it in, in your house, right? And you, you pick the, something that's very memorable. And you'll only forget it if you didn't make it memorable enough, mm. right? Because you didn't make it as violent as you could have. <laughs> there, <laughs> there wasn't enough uh, emotion in it. You didn't engage enough of your senses. and uh, Or it, there wasn't enough sex or violence or whatever in there, right? Because <laughs> um, the more that you can do it. And, and the challenge with, with these memory techniques is, is it's actually quite hard. Right, because most of us haven't really engaged our memories, our imaginations in that way, right? Mm. So we've kind of, that's kind of atrophied a little bit. So coming up with these ridiculous pictures is actually quite hard, right? Right, and and I don't know if you you, you know that uh, your my kids have a really good memory. Yeah, I've noticed that they, I can pick up any toy and they can tell me which auntie gave it to them, and it was like three years ago. I'm like, you were three. How do you remember this? Right. So it, it seems, at least from the, the, the science that I've heard, is that uh, children naturally kind of do this, but okay. it, it atrophies over time because, well, what do we do in school? Like, they're, they're not supposed to imagine. <laughs> they're just supposed to do as they're told. Right? Mm. So, um, and, and, and some of that imagination, that creativity goes away, and therefore some of their skills uh, do, do as well. So it takes us a while to kind of gain that skill. So it's, it's like we're going to the gym. You start off with uh, like a, a five-pound weight, then you move to 10 and 20 and, and so on, right? So... so you won't necessarily remember that full list right away, but hopefully uh, as, as you do it more and more, you'll get better and better. Okay, so I'm going to start off with the full, trying to remember my to-do list on a day-to-day basis with this imagery. And yeah. and then we were going to reconvene next month when we talk about some other soft skill, and I will report back on how this is going. And if this goes well, we will just make the entire show about memory because I need to learn more of these tricks. <laughs> <laughs> And if, if you don't, then it's a matter of, well, what was in the way that it didn't allow you to do it? So mm. it's usually yes. one of those three. It's the motivation, 
Like you okay. didn't have a motivation to learn it or, or observation. You didn't is, actually at, at the moment try to do any of these things. Um, is there or anything the else I need to know going into this month? Like, or, you know, our listeners, if they were going to try this themselves, is there anything else? Like, do they need to sit down at a desk and, and drill their brain with a deck of cards every night or anything else? No, they, they don't need to know how to do it. Uh, well, for long-term memory, right, if you want to retain it, mm. then you want to review it uh, like within an hour, within a day, within three days, within uh, six and then 11. So there's kind of like a, a forgetting curve where after the fourth repetition uh, at about a week after, then you, you kind of, it's pretty permanent, right? Mm. Uh, but I don't imagine that this to-do list, you want it to be permanent. No, so so you don't necessarily need to do that. But for other people, then basically they, they should go through their list. I, okay. uh, with Now that you're talking, I thought of another thing that I want my memory to be better at. <laughs> okay. Learning Chinese characters. Ah, right? okay. And I've been working, I mean, you mentioned the language and I, I didn't even clue in, but I've been working with my kids on learning some Chinese characters. And as a result, I have to learn them too. Mm. And so I got the cue cards and I, I am doing this thing. It's not that rigorous, but it sounded like, like I, I'm, my whole thing is, yeah, if you remember it a bunch of times, after a few weeks, it starts to settle. But mm-hmm. according to what you're saying, there's some sort of formula where if I show it to them enough times over a certain schedule, eventually it'll become permanent. So what's that schedule? How often do we need to be re- practicing? So, so there's uh, one system is, is what's, it's called the Leitner system, right? So basically it's three boxes. Uh, a one-day box, a three-day box, and a five-day box. Okay. Right? So let's imagine all their characters are in a flashcard, um, yeah. and, and it's in the one-day box. So every day in the one-day box, we review. Yeah. Right? If they get it, then it goes into the three-day box. Hmm. Right? Um, so they review it, goes to the three-day box, or it stays in the one-day box if they didn't get it. Got right? it. Uh, so every day is the daily box, and every three days, you review the three-day box. Okay. Right? If you got it on the, the three-day box, it goes to the five-day box. Okay. If you didn't get it, it goes to the one-day box. Got it. Right? And and then uh, basically on the fifth day, you uh, pick up the five-day box. If if it if you got it, you basically remembered it. Forever. I, ideally, yeah. Um, like, I, I don't know if, if there's a, 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 <laughs> a half-life on this thing, but it's generally uh, Interesting. well, well Interesting. regarded that you remember. But if you don't get it in the five-day box, it goes in the three-day box. Okay. And then... Are the, how about the actual character itself? Like sometimes Chinese is, can, can be kind of abstract, right? It looks mm-hmm. like a little drawing and I can sort of point to my son like, you know, that's, those are the horns of a goat. So it kind of looks like a goat. But some of the words are not like that. Are you mm-hmm. going to try to make a fancy mental image around each picture? Well, th- this one I haven't thought enough about, but I would, if, if I were to do that, I probably would, right? Mm-hmm. Say, what does it remind you of? Um, and what are some of the abstractions, right? Because it's it's almost like a what is that the, the Rorschach type of thing where you can mm. make ink blots t- turn into whatever pictures. So I, I think what you were doing was great, like the the horns of a goat, the mm. whatever. Or um, sometimes it's a buildup of other characters, so you know that this character means whatever, and it's this one under a beside a whatever, and and that means this, right? Because okay. th- there's oftentimes meaning in, in, in Chinese characters where it's this uh, combination of, of right. uh, other ones where not knowing how to pronounce it, you can kind of know the meaning because it has something to do with water or fire or right, this right. and that, right? Um, so you would just kind of break out the little elements. And uh, yeah, you, you might have to get a little bit creative with what some of those elements are. Okay, this 
this I have really enjoyed this episode. <laughs> I think we're going to do more episodes on memory because I could actually see us trying to work on this and it would be a neat experiment, experiment and experience for me. <laughs> yeah, and this might be a whole new uh, podcast uh, series <laughs> for you, but uh, I'm glad th- this was helpful and I'm I'm looking forward to uh, seeing your progress. Yes, like, absolutely. your progress. All right, all right. I already got one parlor trick for my wife tonight with the 14 works of Shakespeare, so we're, we're already ahead of where we were an hour ago sounds good well assuming that you vividly remember it (laughs) got it thanks a lot Luki that was quite that was quite a good lesson and uh, we'll see how it goes in a month sounds good thanks Dave